Welcome back, everybody. Episode 10 of Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. Episode 10. This is a milestone, Scott. The decade. The yeah, decade it's, year. It's, it's a decade of perpetual sports talk and you know this is this is three months in the making right here that's true and it will come a long way yeah a lot of good stuff happens after three months that's like a thing you know is that right is this three like a relationship now three, well you know th- i mean when you hear three you think of good stuff like you know summer vacation that was always three months and there are other good things you know good things happen in threes so three months ten episodes ten's also a big number i mean it's cool yeah, yeah, we've been talking a lot of sports. That's true. That is true. So we're just going to jump right in. What are, yeah. We jump it into it. the NFL? Let's do it. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Okay. It's got to be NFL, obviously. But we got a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. The college football rankings and the craziness that happened over the weekend. We have some MLB awards. Um, we could see if we were right, if we were wrong from last week. College uh, basketball? awesome weekend and just a couple days of college basketball we'll even get into a little wizards talk a little nba talk some caps got a good weekend appetizer for you and uh i'm gonna throw in the dude of the week a new segment if that's cool with you week. absolutely yeah. all right we had a dude of the week last week we did and it's, it's gonna be a thing i'd like it to be a thing yeah i don't see why not okay another thing that's a thing that people don't want to be a thing, at least Washington Redskins fans do not want it to be a thing, is the fact that they're horrible playing at night, which is what they're going to have to do Sunday, this coming Sunday night uh, versus the Packers. At home, but it's at night, and they stink at night. Okay, well, what does that mean? You know, as a team, does it really matter whether you play it during the day or night? I, I don't think so. Personally. It shouldn't, but... But it does. They are three and thirteen uh, in the past in the past nine years. Oh, I don't. I, don't I hate those stats. I hate but, those stats. You know those ones that stretch back nine years. You know how many players on the Redskins have been here for nine years? That, okay, and Scott, I knew you were gonna say this, and I sort of planned a little rebuttal. It's the <laughs> same thing as we talked about it. Uh, a couple weeks ago when the Nats got bounced uh, from the playoffs. Like how there's just some weird, weird cloud over the D.C. sports world. And it just sort of can't be explained. And whether you believe in stuff like that or not, it's a thing. It's pure coincidence, my friend. I guess. I hope. What? So so when they play at night, it basically means they're prime time. Right. Yeah, and so that usually means they're playing really good teams. So there's there's your first thing. So we're playing good teams during prime time. The skins have been historically bad over the past nine years, so they're normally not the best, better the better team in that matchup. So really, that's kind of a weird stat because there's other factors that go into playing at night. So night games are prime time, whether it's Sunday night or Monday night. I guess Thursday night. But we haven't played many of those. Um, but a lot of different factors go into prime time just by saying we're bad at playing at night because with those lights on, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It really doesn't. It is sound logic. It's sound logic. And I, and I guess some good news here is that they're playing a Packers team that really isn't all that great and, and hasn't been doing great, especially, you know, Especially for the past couple weeks, they still um, have a man at a quarterback that that is pretty good, right? You know, a bad a bad Aaron Rodgers is still a pretty good Aaron Rodgers, but a four and five record, despite the fact that they're the Green Bay Packers, you know, they're they're I mean, they're very very beatable, especially because Eddie Lacy he's not playing, no, so the, so they're, they, their running game is so weak. The running game is incredibly weak. Um, so it's Aaron Rodgers doing the majority of the work. And he has been. I mean, the guy's got the guy's got 22 TDs this season. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about the, the, the fact that it's the Packers, too, and that's who ended the skin season last year in the NFC. Um, divisional. Uh, in the NFC wild card. Is it a wild card or divisional? Wild card. Oh, that's right. And I don't know, but 
something that I wanted uh, Jay Gruden to say, I heard like a little, you know how they play or, and they record like the post game, like pump up speech, you know, or not pump up speech, but it's after the game and the coaches yell at the players, get everybody pumped up. Yeah. Great game, stuff like that. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I heard his and I wanted him to mention something about how we're about to go, you know, the, the Packers are coming into our house. We're about to play the team that embarrassed us last year to end our season. We're about to play a team that put up 35. We lost 35 to 18. They, they embarrassed us. Let's use that as motivation. You know, something like that. I wanted to hear that, and I, and, I, and I didn't, because I feel like that's a story that hasn't been talked about enough. That's what like, a good coach says, though. I mean, that's what he says to the media. No, it wasn't. But the, see, that's the thing, is this was the locker room. This was like the uh, locker room talk. You see, it was the great game. Trans, you know, we translate, transferred through the media, or how, how did that get out then? It was just, you know, there are reporters in there and whatever recording. I don't know. I heard on the radio. I can't remember who the – I don't know who the heck, like, recorded it. But it was something that – I don't know. I just – I think that should be – I think that should be mentioned because it's not like – it's a rivalry by any means. However, I feel a little bit of, you know, angst towards Green Bay. You know, they, they embarrass, oh, they embarrass the year. They're a good team. They're in it every year. For sure. You naturally have angst for all those teams that are in that because why can't it be us? Yeah, but, but this one even more so just because just because they ended it last year, which seemed like a miracle year, just how things were coming together and how, and how Cousins was playing. I mean, everything, but then, you know, they ended it and it wasn't even a good way to, I mean, not that losing is ever a good way to end, but especially losing 35 to 18, ugh, this is bad. And that was in my mind, that's been in, that's been in my mind since I knew that this is going to be like a, like a good game and Green Bay is really beatable. Yeah. So the Dodgers are going to be a big, uh, sore spot for you next year come baseball time. Well, yeah, you just, if you use that I mean, logic. Yeah, those teams. It's the same reason why the Cardinals have been, you know, That's sort true. of the, the pebble. That's true. I do see, have a lot of animosity towards the Cardinals. There you go. And it's the same thing. And it just boils and it festers over time, like the Cardinals did, you know? Cool. Just boiling. Just so to, what do you got this week? What, what's your prediction then? A skins win. Another little factor that goes into this goes into this game. It's supposed to be really windy um, in the in the mid Atlantic. You know they're playing they're playing Landover, Maryland, and it's supposed to be super super windy on Sunday. So that affects both teams, though. So it does, but Green Bay doesn't run the ball. They don't. They don't run back. The Redskins don't either, dude. Oh, Oh. Fat Rob Kelly. Fat Rob (laughs) Kelly, great game. Last weekend against the Vikings, he had 97 yeah, yards against yeah. a really good defense. Yeah. Redskins are a passing team, though, let's be honest. The Redskins offense goes where um, the middle of the field goes, where Jordan Reed goes and Vernon Davis and whoever's catching passes over the middle. Kirk Cousins relies on those guys. And, yeah. I mean, it's, it goes when, when the passing game goes, so. That's true, and he's been able to hit the you know cousins been able to hit the spots and and hit his guys, particularly over the you know last week. Um, however, they just have the option; it's there, it's in their back pocket. Okay, it's crazy weather conditions. We got old Fat Rob. Let's just put it in his you know put it in his hands and and hopefully he can Where's continue that? to do what he's done. And I feel like Green Bay just doesn't have that same option. So I think I think we're going to see a little bit of that. I'm going to I mean I'm going to predict the Skins win um of by by a touchdown though. I mean all of you know I just I just had this. I think like 7 of the Skins games have been decided by one score. Um, um and and thankfully squeaked by last week. Right. Was... And and thankfully 7 out of the 8 and or I'm sorry, 7 out of the 9 um but thankfully, they've won five of them and then tied another one. But that's just like they haven't been relaxing endings. You know, last week was just status quo. Yeah. You know, it's it 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 was you got reminded of the of the Lions game, and then obviously the 
the Bengals game across the pond. But man, it's awesome. It's fun seeing them play. Like it's fun watching them in the morning. Well, yeah, because I'm not the the skins or the or the Bengals playing over. Oh no, just I mean, just the skins in general for this yeah, whole season. Yeah. It's been it's been fun watching them. I, I I enjoy it, and unfortunately, haven't been able to say that for you know for quite a while. Other news in the NFL. It was like that last year, and I'm glad. I'm glad it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What else? We got we got Romo. We got Romo coming around. Um, it's weird to see a as a Redskins fan. It's weird to see your bitter rivals, um, someone we've hated for what, ten years now. Um, yeah, 2006. To say something to say something really mature like that. Um, Romo basically handed to the Dak and said, "You know, you go from." Being the the loved golden child to you know having to step back and hold a clipboard, and I think that's mature. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for that, you know, because he's not going to be a baby and say I deserve to start and all that. He's handing it to the new guy who's who's proven his uh, worth on the team. So, do you think do you it was? Think it also it- saved the Cowboys a tough conversation too. Let's be honest. I guess, but that conversation, I mean, it's not left up to Romo, you know? I mean, it, I felt like by him having that little presser and having that conference and saying that was him being like, I've made the decision and I've decided that Dak will be the starting quarterback. I don't know. I didn't no, think, I think it was. think it was saving a- the, the tough conversation. When you already know you're going to get cut, you quit before you get cut. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah it's kind he, of the same deal. Yeah, but he just wanted like a shot. He just wanted a chance. And just the way he went about this, it felt like he was still trying to like hold the power. It was like in it was like in the office. It was like that episode of the office when Michael Scott is apologizing to Dwight and he goes, It takes a big man to admit when he's made a mistake. Yeah. And I am that big man. Like it was <laughs> like, it, like it defeated the purpose. Him trying to be this. Uh, guy. Oh yeah, but it's I don't know. To me, it came across as arrogant. No, I think that was mature because everybody was going to ask that question anyway. It was going to come up, um, whether it was Jerry Jones or Garrett or whoever was going to have to have a conversation with them and be like, "Hey, you know, we all knew basically it was coming. We all kind of called it like this is Dak's team. He's now won what eight straight. Yeah." Like, come on! You can't, you can't take it away. From, you can't take it away from a guy like that. No, of course not. And I mean, anybody would have been crazy to do that. And I just feel like this whole Romo thing is just him. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. I don't. I don't see why it was necessary for him to do that. It's Dak's team. It's Dak's team. And it's been Romo's for the past ten years, though, and he's been okay to him. You know, he gets him to the playoffs. Whether yeah, he does. Wins in the playoffs three, is three-time Pro Bowler. Jury's still out on that one, but it's true, and 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 we'll see. And just on that, like it's been his team. I feel like this is something that all athletes should look at, particularly athletes, uh, you know, basketball and baseball, um, sports that play, you know, just more than sixteen games uh-huh. a season, because of the idea. Of, and I don't mean to sound, whatever. I'll just say it. Of taking these, what 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 could be said as useless days off. You know, you hear the term mental health days. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And the yeah. whole, you know, look, at, we're we're gonna get into the Wizards later, but just an example, John Wall. You know, at the beginning of the season, he could, you know, with the whole knee thing, he he couldn't play back-to-back games. He had to take, you know, one day off. But, man, like, athletes are, I feel like they forget. They're replaceable. They're just like any other job. They are replaceable. And, I don't know, here it's just like, obviously the injury, you know, that, that Roma had was a lot worse. I mean, he was out for a significant amount of time and it's sort of just a series of unfortunate events, but someone's, someone's going to be the next in line. And if you're not careful and if you're not driving every single day and trying to get yourself better, trying to get yourself, trying to get your team better, someone else will do it. And well, I just, that's very old school of you. You know, you, you, and I, I believe have a, have an old school type of 
uh, way of thought about it. And not a lot of people have that. I mean, if you look in the olden days when pitchers used to pitch every day in baseball, um, you have Cal, uh, Iron Man Cal, you know, Cal Ripken playing 2,000, what, 200 straight games, I think it was, if I was um, something, something along those lines. Um, you have guys like John Elway, really never hurt, Peyton Manning. I mean, that's just the way the trend is going now. It, happened in, it happens in baseball, happens in basketball. Um, the Spurs do it. The Warriors do it. Everybody's starting to do it, and it's really just it's science, I guess. Um, and theoretically, it doesn't really explain how pitchers did that every single day. Sandy Koufax threw, you know, so many games in his career, so many innings without his arm falling off. If that blows away modern science, right? Well, the- theoretically, guys just have more ability than those old-school legends who will never be forgotten. Well, then how do they pitch every every single day? You know, how do they well, play because, all those consecutive games? It's because just looking at pitchers, it's – and I agree. The, the Ripken record, um, 2,632. Uh, um, sorry. Um, do you know off the top of your head or did you have to look that up? That's the – I mean, that's just an uh, O's fan. Man, I mean that's that number right there. It's ingrained in my memory since you know the banners came down on the warehouse. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's incredible. But but just specifically pitchers, you know, today it's pretty regular for like the average major league fastball is ninety one miles per hour, whereas you know that in the fifties was like unheard of. So guys, get, like, and na- it's right. unnatural. So you need more days off, but. But like you said, there is something sort of unexplained, you know, and I think it's the culture, it's society we live in. I get, I just, I just want to see a happy median. You know what I mean? Like I understand the importance of rest and mental guys being tough. That's what you you want. Some tough guys, right? Some dudes that go out there every day and grind for sure. And that's why, you know, we see guys like Dak Prescott, who's a, who's a fourth round pick, like definitely not supposed to be a stud. You know, he sees his chance and he recognizes, okay, this might not come around for another couple of years, if ever. If I'm ever. gonna I'm gonna really take advantage of it. And that's awesome to see. And just being a Redskins fan and, and seeing someone do that, you know, take a job of of the great Tony Romo. I mean, Dak Prescott was watching Tony Romo play when Dak was, you know, in middle school. I mean, just to think that, and now he's like now Romo's watching him play, you know, it was his team. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. I just, him, him, him being a cowboy hasn't really sunk into me. And I'm sure in three years when he becomes a Redskin killer, I'll hate Dak Prescott. But now I'm just enjoying it, you know? He's got to a little bit to his uh, running back, his, his backfield mate, Ezekiel Elliott, who's just tearing up the league, leading the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just, I mean, an absolute stud, even better than the critics hope for. Um, the running back is kind of a lost art nowadays. It's kind of a lost form. Um, but Zeke just proves, and partly is because he has a great offensive line. You know, the, the scheme is right. He gets a lot of carries per game. The stars align, but he is a special back, and he has special talent. He reminds me kind of a, like Odell Beckham type. You know, the young, the, the crazy, the, the showboaty, and hasn't really figured everything out yet. It's definitely not old school like we are. I don't know. I'd, I, I, I feel like I haven't seen the showboaty part of Zeke yet, even though he's probably... Oh, he wears that half shirt everywhere? Come oh, on. Oh, that's true. But he did that. I mean, he did that even in college. I mean... He loves going out and partying, which is, I mean, fine, I guess. But like, he, he enjoys himself. He enjoys himself a lot. Yeah. I guess I guess there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. As, no, I'm not. As long as you that. deliver on the field, you know what I mean. Sure. It was. Both, it was a, both guys do. Well, it was a tragedy, you know, just watching Odo Beckham Jr. not perform on the field, you know, for the first half of the season, particularly if you had him in on your the fantasy team. <laughs> you what? The talent is still there, though. Oh, the, for sure. Absolute raw talent is is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a mental and, game with those guys. Yeah, and and it just hasn't sunk into me yet that they're 
that they very well might be redskin killers for their entire career, but it's fun watching them. It's fun watching them now, at least for sure. Anyway, Dak, congrats to you. Assuming that you're listening, why wouldn't you be? (laughs) Um, and another, and another rookie, another rookie story coming out this week, Jared Goff, um, first overall this past year, finally getting the ball, finally getting the start for those LA Rams. Um, yeah, I don't know what took him so long. <laughs> Whatever the thought or the strategy behind that may be, um, what do you think about it? Do you have any, do you have any predictions for the youngster? Um, no, that, that's kind of hard to do. I, again, like I just said before, I kind of spurted in there. I have no idea what took him so long. Um, if I was Jeff Fisher and running that team and I'm not, and he knows a lot more than I do. So I, I know that game and people question you, especially outsiders. Um, uh, I don't understand why he's now they're in a hole. They're not going to make the playoffs. Now he starts. Why didn't you just start at the year? Let him get his reps. Let him play the full season. Um, maybe you're protecting him for next year. Maybe, this is a theory, is you're just tanking this year almost so you get a better draft pick next year, get him some help at wide receiver, running back, or offensive line. Um, that's a possibility. Um, yeah. So you kind of tank the first half of the year, let him play the second half, and get a good draft pick. Not a bad idea, but I mean, he's got to start producing. Certainly a possibility, but I think there's nothing wrong with letting a kid learn, like letting a guy learn from on the sidelines. I mean, well, Aaron Rodgers did it. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. If you have a good quarterback for him to learn from, but who is true. he learning from? That's true. That's true. But but still, it might not even just be the quarterback. It might just be like, hey, here's how it goes. This is the atmosphere. This is what you're going to be thrown into. Every single week, I like the idea of having a you know having a guy be a student before you know he goes to be play the hardest you know. Sure, hardest if you have that luxury, but if you don't have that luxury, you got to throw him in the fire and and have him learn that way. I believe that's true. Just I mean, so many. I guess not so many, but I feel like there has been a lot of cases, just especially in recent years, of guys just imploding. After after situations like that, sure. Um, Our very own RG did it in Washington. Yeah, well, you know that that first year was awesome. You know, sure. but the second year, my goodness, the sophomore slump just on steroids. Uh, um, but I d- just I I don't like the the whole theory of we're thrown in this year to uh-huh. to get a high draft pick next year. I've always something has been wrong with just with, with that theory only because if you're in that locker room you know somebody and again going back to what we just talked about you're in that locker room and we're like oh whatever we're just going for a, a draft pick next year that might be a guy coming to take my job you know what i mean so why am i just going to cash in this year you know, I want to give it my all so that doesn't happen because I want to. I want to. St- I want to still have a job. You see what I'm saying? No, absolutely. I agree with that to a certain point. And there are definitely things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And Agreed. They obviously know more than we do. Agreed. We're just. I, a- I would trust the. We're just two dudes exactly. holding some microphones. That's two. We do, we're we're just talking, and there's some sort of strategy. Two dudes but- having a stupid conversation in a bar. Yeah, that's right. That's the description. Um, but there is always, you know, the theories that come around, especially towards the end of the season. Oh, we're just going for the high draft pick. And it's like, oh, come on. You're like, it can't be right. Um, any other any other scraps? Any other NFL leftovers that you want to get into? I don't. I don't really have anything else. Okay. Well, let's go. let's go down a level to college football. I bet the college football committee just crapped themselves on Saturday, right? <laughs> that, that playoff committee. Oh, after those two, games, two, four. Oh, my gosh. Three out of the four going down. I mean, are you kidding? Well, they got one right. I don't – I mean, that's not – that's not their fault or anything like that. That is just – that's just sports in general, man. Oh, that's sure. why it makes sports great. Yeah, I mean it's nobody's fault, but if I'm like supposed to be in that hotel room and I'm watching on Saturday, just hoping like, man, 
I hope tomorrow's an easy day at work. I hope we got four undefeated teams. We're good to go. Uh, two, three, and four go down. It's like, ah, seriously? But no, man, they I know exactly who they're putting in. I think there's nothing changes. Did they, did they get it right? Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. Did they get it right? Of course. That's the easy, that's the easy calls now, you know? Those are easy calls. Louisville is going to have a tough road in. Um, and then Washington. So they have to win the with the Pac-12, and they have to have somebody else lose. Um, they have to have Ohio State lose, basically, right. to get Wa- in. Right. Washington does not control their own destiny. Um, so the Pac-12, we mentioned it last week. Just it's, It was kind of – it was interesting seeing four different divisions represented – if the playoffs started last weekend, um, not the case now, but it's close enough. Yeah. Something, something that's crazy to me, the big 10, it's fascinating. Let's just say, well, we won't just say it yet, but if how state beats Michigan and, uh, Penn state, if they win out, which they will, they're playing Rutgers and then Sparty. Okay. They must be placed ahead of Ohio State in the Big Ten East, correct? Just because they beat them? They beat them, yeah. I mean, obviously. So then they so, – so then if they win the, the Big Ten championship, aren't they in the playoffs? It all depends on what people do in front of them. You know, does, does Louisville, Clemson win um, the ACC championship? Does Washington win the Pac-12? Um, it kind of just moves up in pecking order because I don't think a two-loss team should be over a one-loss team. No. Just like I don't think one-loss team should be over an undefeated team like it happened um, a few weeks ago. Um, so as being as Penn State already being a two-loss team, that makes it tough. Um, that makes it real tough. I, I don't know. It's, it's true, but some of their wins – will be pretty pretty notable. Um, sure. And you think that Clemson, you think they got it right there. Clemson's four and Louisville is five? Yeah, Clemson beat Louisville. Uh, yeah. But. What else, what else is there? What else is there really to say? Well, nothing. I mean, obviously that's the, should be the tiebreaker. However, Clemson's loss was to an unranked opponent. Pittsburgh? Really? Whereas Louisville's loss was to Clemson. Was the right. So obviously. Obviously. But I don't know. There's just when, when you're when you're doing the when you're doing the eye test, I just I like Louisville. That's all. I like Louisville. Um and Actually, not to mention Clemson's got that Heisman on lock, man. Even over, even over Watson. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of the reason why Louisville passes the eye test is uh, yeah. because of him, strictly because of him. I mean, Watson threw three picks last weekend against Pittsburgh. Three picks—he's got thirteen picks on the season. That's too many. It's too many picks. And you know, Jackson hasn't thrown for as many yards. Um, has the same amount of TDs. Only six picks. Um, and not to mention Clemson, they should have lost to NC State, I think, three weeks ago. The It was the 30-yard chip shot oh, um, yeah, for the NC State yeah. kicker, and he biffed it, and then they went to the overtime, and then and then Clemson ended up winning. But that, that's the only inkling, little problem that I have, is that, yes, Clemson beat Louisville, understood. So there. But... There's this thing, and it's bothering me. It's the fact that I just think Louisville is better than Clemson. Um, but I guess he can't go by who deserves it more or who passes the eye test. Does he? Unfortunately, you have to look at all the nerdy numbers on paper. There's no perfect system because everybody can't play everybody. And I thought Michigan was the real deal two weeks ago, and you know, look look what happened to them. Yeah. So old old Iowa, um, something, uh, and the kicks J- just. And we could go back to we can talk about Michigan, but just the Clemson loss to to Pittsburgh. 
Um, uh, the Pittsburgh kicker, his name is Chris Blewett. Blewett. Yeah, I think that's, that's how you pronounce it. That's unfortunate. Isn't that awful? Blewett. As a kicker, his name's Blewett. Um, that's very unfortunate. However, he's a, he's a local kid. West Potomac High School. Didn't know that. Kind of cool. Oh. I mean, I, there was no way I'd be a kicker if my last name was Blewett. His, his, I mean, you can't. His, you kind of can't do anything in sports with with that. Last no, name. but good can't. for him. He just yeah. went and he and he beat Clay. He handed there you go, Clemson. There's your first loss. And yeah, big part is because of him. And it's something that the NC State kicker couldn't do. So he's got that. Um, and being the being the local kid, I thought we would give him a mention and like not to make fun of his name or anything, but. I saw that the head coach, you know, he missed one early. He gave game over and gave him a kiss. Did you see that? And then he uh, ended up nailing the game winner. I yeah. think that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that. La- I mentioned that last week. Is I don't like it when everybody high fives a kicker after he shanked one. I hate that. Everybody should just ignore him. Why are you giving him a high five? I'm not going to give someone back. a high. You got to get him back. I'm not going to give someone a high five if they didn't get a base hit. I'm not going to do that. And then go sit and think about how you could have another at bat. Better at bat. Uh, that's tough. To, that's tough to. Uh, that's tough to compare. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, college football. Um, interesting. I mean, not a whole lot of really cool matchups to watch this weekend. No. Oftentimes, that means. It could be a really awesome weekend. I mean, Houston's playing Louisville. I guess Louisville's at Houston, and Houston was the real deal really early on in the season. Yeah, and have since tailspin. They lost to Navy, and I mean, I'm biased, but Navy's a good team. They're a good team, and but then they lost to SMU. It's like Houston, what's going on? Um, so I think I think that's going to be a cupcake, but. You know, we've said before that these weekends in college football where it's like, oh, there's no good matchups, end up being some pretty pretty good games. And then especially this late in the season when it seems like everything means something, there's going to be going to be something to watch. I think the highest ranked matchup though is Oklahoma um at West Virginia, West Virginia yeah. in in Morgantown. Watch um, this one sneak under the radar because you took a shot at Sparty um, earlier in this podcast, but I did. Ohio State versus Michigan State. You know, hey man, I'm telling you, didn't the football gods come around? You'll I, be punished. Yeah, Michigan State's no. It's it's basketball. It's basketball season. Michigan State's focused on that. They're going to be dominant in that. They don't give it. They don't. They don't care about football. <laughs> they haven't cared since uh, since week three. Um, but Oklahoma, West Virginia. You know, Baker Mayfield, it's always cool. The Big 12, I've expressed my weird feelings towards the Big 12. They're not even the Big 12. They're 10 teams in the Big 12. Oh, Nobody wants on. to be in the Big 12. It's all, that's everybody in the country. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah, well, everybody in the country, It's there's the Pac-12, but there's like 14 or 15 teams. There's Big the 10, 10, there's 14 there's teams. teams. A-10, there's 12. See, Big 12, but there are fewer teams than what it's actually called. That's not okay. <laughs> something's, something's wrong there. That's very specific to the Big 12, who's one of the power five. I say with heavy sarcasm. <laughs> um, but who knows? That could be a good game. Um, they've, been, they've been creeping up uh, both teams. Um, other than that, I think we can. I think we could put college football to bed. I think we put football to bed and and change sports. Okay, Scott, get yeah, us going. On, get us started on the college, college basketball. basketball. I guess that's right up my alley, right? Um, the coaching debut didn't go quite as planned, but it, it's all right. We uh, we lost down at uh, VMI the other day. Um, good atmosphere. Good. Good to be on national TV. Um, didn't go quite as planned. The game plan didn't quite work, um, but we had we had uh, a lot of good learning experiences from it. It's going to be nice now going down um, to the D three level and playing some competition where we match up size wise. Um, we go up to Rutgers Newark and play them tomorrow, and then we play either Tufts or Fairleigh Dickinson um, on Saturday, and so that'll be good competition. And, you played Fairleigh you know, Dickinson. Fairleigh Dickinson and probably is our satellite campus. I can't think of it right now. Oh, I was about um, to say they, they were in the happens. they were in the tournament yeah. last year. No, that's definitely their it's definitely their satellite. I don't I can't remember the name. 
Um, but it's definitely fairly Dickinson, just kind of like Rutgers, Newark instead of real Rutgers. Right. Um, but no, it should, it should be good. And hopefully we'll, we'll pull out a few wins, get get the guys some confidence going into conference play. Um, we start out conference play with CNU, so that'll be um, a huge test, and we're already circled that on our calendar. And they um, and they don't lose, right? No, CNU's they never good. lose. Not, really they didn't lose a game in conference last year. Um, they only lost two games in total. So they made it. They made it to the D three Final Four. Yep, and they're returning all their starters and basically their no whole kidding. team. Player of the year, and yeah, so they are they are top top I in get, the nation. I guess that is something that you're not going to lose D3 players to the draft. So right. when you're good for a the year, only, you're going to be only, good for a couple of years. Well, you know what? You you kind of do in a, in a way. You lose D3 players to D1. To D1. That's what, that's what that's happens. Um, the only thing about that is is you have to sit out a year. And that's the same with every you know transfer rules and everything. So a lot of the times kids don't want to sit out a year you know, because everybody's hungry. And especially if you're a D3, you know, you want to get your education. You right. value your education more. Right. So a lot of those kids are like, look at it. They think about, oh, I can go D1. Wow. Unless they're going like real high, you don't they, see a lot of a lot of change. Right. You know, unless you're going stay. to like a power five, then they're just going to stay and dominate at this level. And, and have know, fun and, and do the thing and they have love. Have a good time and have a, yeah, be the big, and, big and be the fish good school. in the pond, you know, yeah. It's a good school academically, so there's a lot of there's a lot of pros and cons to that. But now it's not losing them to the draft; it's losing them to D one. Huh? Never never thought about it like that. Um, yeah. But any so any it's any other big? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Any other big? Well, what's interesting? I we we kept talking at the same time like a pair of. I don't yeah. Know. Go ahead. I, I, I uh, it's just interesting being in the coaching world now, man. I'll, I'll tell you, it's. It's a whole different perspective in coaching, you know. I've stopped questioning um, other coaches, you know, you see on TV or, you know, in, in the media or anything like that. The media doesn't know um, what goes on behind the scenes, the amount of preparation it takes, and, you know, the the struggle of decision that it, it comes to, you know, late in the game or matching up personnel-wise or whatever. Um, it's definitely a lot of work, and nobody takes it lightly um, from – from where I am at a small Division three school, um, that's treated me really well. I mean, I work hard to to make the right decision for the team, and and I don't think anybody is trying to, you know, make the wrong decision. So when us before we're talking about Jared Goff, you know, not starting the first eight games and how dumb that is, you know, as we can say that because we're two dudes sitting behind keyboards. Um, but when you're sitting in the front office and you have high pressure. You're doing something that you think, and a lot of other people think, because he's not alone in that front office, that they think that's the right decision. So you, in a way, you kind of have to trust them um, that this is the best way it's going to go. Now, I mean, you can say draft this guy, don't draft the other guy. Um, it's all kind of relative there, and some people get lucky and some people don't. Um, but it's just weird being on the other side of the uh, – of the fence, you know, now, um, being on both sides, I've criticized and I've been criticized. So it's, it's definitely fun. And, you know, we, you could talk about GMU, um, playing the first few games or the first weekend. Um, and you just, it's, it's sports, man. And I, and I love it. And I don't know how I'm getting paid to, to coach a sport, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a dream come true. Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're going to have to work this in. You know, a little segment, a little, you know, I don't have to. coaches, yeah. coaches update, Scott's lessons, sure. Scott's, coaches Scott's cracking <laughs> coaching eggs of knowledge. That's a Scott's coaches. Okay. Yeah. Cracking. We'll just figure that out okay. there over a few beers. Okay. We'll think of the name. <laughs> I'm leaning towards cracking coaching eggs. Okay. There, um, there it is. So to, uh, to George Mason, that's both of our alma mater. So we're going to have to talk about them. Probably okay. every week, um, but obviously we're gonna we're gonna talk more college basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, looked flat against Towson. That was their home opener, first game. Ended up losing. Um, played a tight, but it's just you know being such a young team, and that's and that's all that's been said about Mason. And and I feel bad, and and you knew it because you were there coaching last year. It takes um, years. It takes time. Like 
right. people people understand that. People want to win. They think we were young last year. We're not young this year. We still are. Right. I but mean, sophomores are still sophomores, and but freshmen are still freshmen. People want you know? immediate results. Yeah. People yeah, want to be good right away. Yeah. I mean, it's the same deal with every sport. It's why aren't we good right now? We got to make drastic changes right now. Um, and so just as a hardcore fan, you know, that's the other side of the fence from coaching. It's that you got to realize that and say, oh, pump the brakes. It's okay. They're young. Right. They're, they're, they're right. going to get going. Um, but it was cool to see Jalen Jenkins really showing some senior leadership. And I knew you knew him personally, but he stepped up. He scored 19 points against Towson, and then he said, "It's fun playing with these, playing with these guys, playing with the freshman, playing with the sophomore." And it's like special because you know where it could go. And then their next game, um, Lebanon Valley on Tuesday, man, mm-hmm. it looked bad. It looked bad in the first half. Yeah, um, sent them to the sent them to the sent them to the free throw line. I don't know, 15 times, something like that. It was something horrible. Giving up the art. I mean, just, it wasn't fun to listen to on the radio. Um, but That's tough. This, That's but, tough. And, but I'll tell you what, as a D3 team and knowing knowing where they come from, they come out energized and intense and, intense and just in the game because that is their national championship. Oh, for sure. They only play one division school a year um, in the regular season. Like, that's it. And those guys, that was some of the well, those guys, the biggest game they'll ever play in their entire collegiate career. Um, so, I mean, we did the same thing against VMI, where we just came out with fire and energy, and you know, eventually it catches up to you because um, of the physicality and the size difference. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting how uh, how that happens, you know, and then and then talent and um, just the basketball game over the forty minutes takes over. Yeah. So GMU ended up coming back and Oh, the final know. Yeah, the final score is 90 to 65. Yeah. Mason scored 57 points in the second half. They looked That's a lot amazing. of points. Amazing. Oh my gosh. That I mean it was the, you know, Mason was calling it oh, it was the Jekyll and Hyde of of the Patriots, you know. Um yeah. and I read I actually went onto the Lebanon Valley website um a couple days after and it was you know, Lebanon Valley gives GMU run for their money and really like making it. And then you see the final score and it's like run for their money. Really? Yeah. Um, but I'm anxious to see, you know, which team are we going to see going in to the next couple of weeks? You know, we got another D3 Mount St. Mary's. That's um, what you get. That's what you get with young teams, though. You'll beat good team or you'll beat good teams and you'll lose the bad teams. Mm-hmm. And you saw the Taylor two halves in that GMU game, you know, in the, in the Lebanon Valley game, you know, you were losing to a bad team and then you end up, you know, turning on the jets. It's, it's literally two halves. Right. Um, and it creates, yeah, just, it creates excitement. I was listening to sure. on the radio and as, you know, as we're starting to come back, you know, early in the second half, you can like the crowd is pumped. The crowd is clearly into it on the radio. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really cool. This is exciting. And then I thought, well, wait a second. <laughs> they should be expecting to be stomping Lebanon yeah. Valley right now. So yeah. why are they like all excited? Woohoo! We're playing a D three team, like playing them tight. It's like, well, come yeah. on. You know, have, but, but but it's like you said, sports, it's you know. It's different. That's how it works with the young teams. That's how it. That's just. That's just how it, work. how it works. And if it's exciting, I mean, that's why we watch sports because it's exciting. So if we're gonna get that product, no matter who the team is playing, no matter which two teams are playing, which Lebanon Valley, you can't lift your nose at them. The coach, no. Coach McAllister, winning is coached in Lebanon Valley right now. You had him ready. He got over three hundred wins. Of course. And yeah, he had, so you can't he had him ready nose. going to the locker room. But it's you know it's. It was inter- it was fun to listen to, and I hope we see, no matter who they're playing. If it's a game like that, it's energized. You gotta love it, um, and that's something that I felt what? like has been has been common in the first week of college basketball. We've seen you know yeah. obviously conference play hasn't started yet, but there's been these games that have been exciting, and it feels like it's March, like Georgetown, Maryland. I don't know if you saw any of that, but oh my God, you know, Georgetown is up the whole game 
and then they sort of just implode. Um, in the last couple minutes, Maryland turns it on. I mean, I mean, they were up by they were up by ten, like seven minutes left, and Maryland just turned it on. Um, real dumb foul against uh, Mello Trimble. Um, Mello Trimble is a O'Connell graduate, and then yeah. scored two final uh, free throws to put him up. Ended up winning seventy six seventy five. But it felt like, wow, this is this is almost like March, but here we are in, in, in the first couple of days of the college basketball season. And if we could just somehow get, you know, the whole season to feel like this, ah, how awesome would that be? Oh, of, course. of course. And that's and that's what you get with college basketball. And it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting season. I'm looking forward to uh, watching more and then hearing more of Scott's of course cracking coaches' eggs coach's of corner, man. There you go, the coach's corner. Um, but let's uh, let's just leave wrap, basketball wrap on the MLB awards. Let, let's, yeah, let's do it. Just right in. Um, first off, I just want to um, Daniel Murphy, Wilson Ramos, Silver Sluggers for the Washington Nationals. Pretty cool. Sure. Pretty cool. I think we yep. knew that yep. um, Ramos was going to get it. Um, Corey Seager and Michael Firm, ah, excuse me. Corey Seager and Michael Firm. Let me start to try it again. Corey Seager, <laughs> Dodgers shortstop. Michael Fulmer, uh, pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, your yeah. NL and AL respectively, rookies of the year. I think we predicted that. I think sort of facetiously, I said Trey Turner, even though. Uh, Seager had far better numbers. Um, Francona and Dave Roberts, AL, NL, managers of the year, respectively. I think we called those two. Yeah, that's didn't we? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. And and then I think the big one that we have to talk about is the Cy Young. But before Cy Young, they just announced like an hour ago, uh, Chris Bryant, NL MVP, yep. and Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. No AL surprise MVP. there either. Awesome, but we got to talk about the Cy Young because Max Scherzer, Washington uh, Nationals, okay. awesome. He's only the sixth guy in history to get a Cy Young in the NL and the AL. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool piece of history. Um, and nobody knew that Rick Porcello got American League Cy Young because everybody was talking about Kate Upton and her stupid tweets. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Who cares? That was a little uh, something. Nothing good can come out of girlfriends or wives or fiancés <sighs> no. of professional athletes being on Twitter. Just no. Parents. Just... I've seen parents. I've seen it all, man. It was unfortunate to me because, you know, the let's not even mention Rick Porcello, the first guy to 20 wins. Let's just talk about uh, Justin Verlander's girlfriend for a second and why she's mad that Verlander didn't get it. I don't know. And they were very uncouth tweets, Scott. Yeah, they were not ladylike. These would make the most rude of persons blush. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just just poor choice of words. Uh, I, I don't think that mixes, you know, family and players' families and all that. Just, just stay out of it and let the let the team handle it and let right. the player handle it and let them say, you know, I, I'm sorry I didn't get it. I'll work harder next year and mm-hmm. we'll move on. But right. it, the girlfriend doesn't need to get involved in that. Let let someone else make the argument that he may have gotten hosed by certain writers. Let someone else say that. You yeah. know what I mean? You, yeah. Kate Upton, you don't have to do that. Take the no. loss in grace and, and right. move on. For some reason, everybody's going to talk about it because she's Kate Upton. And it's just, it takes away from Porcello's year. And he had a great year. And you know what? He's a Red Sox, and that's kind of hard saying as a nose fan. But might not happen again, and Verlander's been able to do it repeatedly. I don't know. Let's focus on him for a second. Um, but so those are our awards. Um, we were close for our predictions last week. I think for the most part we're we're pretty much on. Um, you made fun of me when I when I said Porcello should win it because right. of the wins. We finally came around, everybody. Yeah, yeah, that was an easy call. But Max Scherzer, I mean, he he won in a landslide with the NL Cy Young. 
Like he won in a landslide, not even close. Um, and that's, that was kind of funny because early in the year, you know, he was like shaky. They were saying he gets, he's getting hit hard and a lot of home runs are getting hit off him. And then, you know, he just turns it on. And some of the performance he had, oh, man. I mean, 20 and 7, 3 ERA. Um, the strikeouts numbers were just head over heels higher than Lester Hendricks, you know, as, as high as you are on them. I, did you did you pick Hendricks and I picked Lester? Is that I did. did. I did. I picked Hendricks because of Smolty's comments about him. And then I think I did Lester just to spite you. So we were wrong on that one. Right. But I think that's all we need to say about baseball right now until all the, you know, all the trades come about and who went where. By the way, the Braves, just real quick, Braves signed Bartolo Colon and yeah, R.A. Dickey. 13 milli dilly. <laughs> they have a combined age of 90. Why are they being signed <sighs> for this? But maybe something's going to come out and we could talk about it. We talk supply about it and demand. You know, the market is the supply and pitchers is low and the demand is high. The price is going to be high. I don't know. So good for good for Bartolo Colon taking care of his family for the rest of his short life. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go to uh, professional basketball. Just wanted to talk about the Washington Wizards and just the atrocity that's been their season. Um, losing to the Sixers last night. You know the Sixers were the worst team in the NBA, and now. The Washington Wizards are the worst team in the NBA. But, you know, a lot of criticism is going around just because, you know, leadership and management and stuff like that. I just want to talk about John Wall for a second, okay. which he should have been thrown out of the game for a third time this season against the Sixers for smacking someone in the face with two seconds left in the game, you know, when they're down by six points. It yeah. wasn't just a foul stopping the clock. It was like Wall's throwing a hissy fit. And, you know, it, again, it's just the whole leadership in Washington. I want to see somebody step up. I think Wall is better than what we have seen. Um, and And it's just a shame because we're not seeing it. But the thing is, and I'm going to tie this back to Dak Prescott, I feel like there's somebody lining up to take Wall's job. As crazy as that sounds, because Wall is supposed to be in the top five of point guards in the NBA, and this is going to be a stretch, you know, um, certainly not taking his job right now, but there's someone there, Sheldon McClellan. He scored. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Scored 15 points in his in his open in his debut, and he started last night. He didn't have much of a day. He only scored six points. But here's the thing, and here's why I'm focusing on him. Is he taking his job? Probably not. But he's an undrafted free agent. I think that's pretty cool. Where is he from? Can't remember. He he's an undrafted coach, free agent. He played for Coach L down in Miami. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. I had a good squad last year. Um, I like that. But that and it's the same as uh Robert Kelly for the Skins. Yeah. Undrafted free agent. And look at him doing what he's doing. Those um, guys slip through. And just, you know, Dak Prescott's certainly not undrafted, but he went in the fourth round, you know, not a stud. But that's where players are made. And I'm just saying, I feel like Wall has to sort of watch himself because he's not this bona fide stud that everybody's had him have for you know the five seasons that he's been in the league. I feel like he's sort of mortal. He's not a LeBron James, you know. He's not a Steph Curry. I feel like he's just got to start, you know. I don't want to say you know put his lumps in because he has, but act accordingly. Act accordingly. That's all I'm I asking agree. for because there there's going to be more Sheldon McClellans out there, you know, um, people coming up who are just hungry, like you said. And it'll be interesting to see where the season goes from here. That's all. And then is that how you build a winning team, though? I'm not saying that's an that's an open-ended question and a rhetorical question, but how do you build a winning team with undrafted free agents or with with guys in building blocks around them? So I mean, it's got to be a mix don't of, answer, You don't have to answer the question right now because we'll save it. That's a that's a long answer. We'll save it. We'll save it. But for now, let's go. Um, 
Let's go to the Washington Capitals. Let's stay in the same building. Smashing Let's stay in the, the Verizon the Center. Smashing the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Yeah. Love beating the Pens. Love it. Um, you know, the whole Crosby-Ovechkin thing has built up into a rivalry, and then beating them 7-1, that feels pretty good. Feels pretty yeah. good. Holpe, Brandon Holpe was in goal. It's nice when he's there. He wasn't in goal over the weekend. You know, had a couple losses. Um, so I like I like seeing him in there. But other than that, um, Caps are always fun to watch. You know, is, is seven to one is a beating seven to one. I don't know how it works in hockey, but you know, in basketball, if you're beating somebody so bad, or in football, you kind of pull back. And I don't think it's like that in hockey. You know, you kind of just keep pouring it in. And you you take your chances. Um, yeah, it was it was six nothing in the third period. Penn score one, and then they say, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get that one back. And then they put it seven to one. So yeah, there was absolutely no holding back. Um, I like seeing that. You know, it's cool seeing that that competition that competition come out. But we're gonna revisit the Caps uh, in future weeks. It's gonna be a good season. Let's move on to our new segment, Dude Ooh, of the Week. week. <laughs> Dude of the Week. <laughs> what do you got for me, Sean? Dude of the Week. Well, I wanted to end with the Caps because my Dude of the Week has to do with Caps. Um, and I guess it's sort of a misleading Dude of the Week because it's actually a whole group of people who did something really, really awesome last night. Um, at the Capitals-Penguins game in the Verizon Center. Uh, the man singing the national anthem. His microphone didn't work, Scott. He, like, didn't even get out the O. Oh. You know, it just wasn't turning on. And so the whole crowd sort of recognized this, and the whole entire Verizon Center started singing the national anthem. And yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a weird office space movie scene where they're like humming happy birthday and it's so sad it's like there's some passion and emotion in singing the national anthem the whole it was and it was was cool because the camera was showing capitals fans and penguins fans all singing the national anthem everybody getting pumped and and it's it was awesome to see that particularly you know we're not going to get into it but there seems to (laughs) be it's a little bit you know it's a little bit awkward in the country right now with, with division going on. Um, but seeing something like that, you know, little stuff like that, that, that means a whole lot. Um, you know, all the fans come together singing the, uh, the United States national anthem. So the Caps fans and the Penguins fans inside the Verizon center last night, they are the collective dudes of the week. All right, weekend appetizer, Scott. It's everybody's uh, it's everybody's favorite time. Yeah. What are for uh, real? What are you watching this weekend? You know, it's actually the funny thing about that is we there is actually a pretty cool thing going on. Uh, the Texans and Raiders are playing Week Eleven. Is that, that? I'm pretty sure that's this Monday. It's Monday night though, um, so it's not only the weekend, but it's going to be coming around. They're playing in Mexico. Think about that one. Yeah, um, it's the first time they played in Mexico since 2005. Huh. So there you That's go. That's an exciting one. That's a nice little thing that we might all have <laughs> to. Uh, we almost kind of missed that one, right? Have, have to tune in for for sure, for sure. Well, that makes my weekend appetizer seem less. Uh, I don't know. It's not going outside of the oh, country. Oh come on, give um, it to me. Uh, Navy, Navy. Got it. We haven't mentioned Navy yet. We mentioned once. Right. Um, Navy at East Carolina University. Um, if Navy wins, they lock up a spot in the American Athletic Conference Championship. That's pretty cool. Looks like right now they'll be playing South Florida, but you know some things have to happen, obviously. So always have to always have to mention those guys. Man, we are lacking on the weekend appetizers this week, man. I gotta well, tell you. Well, we're we're picking more refined weekend appetizer. We have more of an well, acquired taste. You're picking taste for more appetizers. refined weekend activities. So that's true. Like you got I mean, some stuff going on. You got to do what you got to do. That's right. But we're not just going to say, oh, it's the Skins game. 
you know? Like, we, of course we're watching the Skins game, you know? We gotta be... We gotta be a little more it's adventurous be outside the about box. Exactly. We're talking about the academies and go army, beat navy. Exactly. That's the, well, we'll see. Exactly. That'll be weekend. That'll be a whole show, actually. Oh, we'll man. pull up some spear videos, all sorts of stuff. Um, until be until then, until then, you know, this has been episode ten, Scott. This is uh, quite an episode of PST. Um, yeah, PST, Perpetual Sports Talk. Moving on to episode 11 next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please come back. Please come back next week. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott.